Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Comics Deserve Better. Um, quick little disclaimer: so we we record this the show a few d- days before it drops, and and this week this week we're actually we're recording before the election. So just disclaimer: we don't know anything that happened in Tuesday's election. We don't know anything. So just yeah. So we, we may speak on it in future episodes, but uh, not in this one because obviously don't know what happens. Yeah. So with me today are my co-host Brian. Hey everybody. And Darcy. Hello. Yeah. So we're gonna kick off things. Um, we got a few bits of news, and so I'm gonna start out, think, start off with Brian. What what uh, indie comics news do you have for us today? All right. Uh, well, um, first uh, thing I have here is with um, is that the series. Mercy by uh, Mirka and Dolfo has uh, announced a, a second sequel or a sequel to it called Merciless. Uh, it is the, the story of Mercy is basically it's a Victorian monster story that takes place in a small village where someone comes back um, and is, is possessed by a demon, I believe. Um, I read the, the third bought the first three issues and haven't read the last three yet so that's about as much as i got so far so the story of the main character slash monster is ending after the first story arc but um it'll continue with another character in the story um as the new as the new star um but and also which is interesting is usually mirko and Dolfo does both um the writing and the art on on her works and she's actually gonna have somebody stepping in as the artist going forward um named saya ohm and um she's kind of worked um, all over the place and not very familiar with her work but from the the previous stuff looks pretty good though um but so it looks like this series has been pretty popular mirka and Dolfo is definitely um i I would have said last year she's a rising star, but I guess she's now a star. So I'm glad that uh, that this uh, this work is continuing. Yeah, it's yeah. You know, you made it the big time when you when you hand off your when you're a writer artist and you hand it off to uh, another artist. It's like like when uh, Tom McFarlane stopped uh, drawing Spawn because yeah. or the, the the Ninja Turtle guys like. It, it shows, you know, you have you have to do focus on writing business stuff. Or so, D- David cool. Mazzucchelli drawing Daredevil. Yeah, instead of Frank Miller. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't think that one works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but isn't wasn't that Mercy supposed to be? I think we discussed earlier. Wasn't Mercy going to be an animated show, or is that something? Yeah, else? there were. Yeah, oh, I'd heard something about that. Yeah, it it did really well. I read, I think, the first issue, first two issues, and I like it, and just dropped off of it. For some probably money usually it's money but I, I liked what i read of it yeah she's yeah. a really cool art style um I, she's she's done some dc stuff she did a a harley quinn um red and black i think it's a series called red and black mm-hmm. a red, red black and white suit book and uh, and some other like kind of fill-in stuff but yeah it's nice to see her you know, building that empire so totally yeah um, yeah, and then Brian, you had another um, another news thing. Uh, yeah, um, so Boom Studios is uh, with their Arkea uh, imprint is going to be um, 
publishing uh, Katja K- Klendel's Girl Splaining, which is uh, initially was a, a kind of a, a comic column uh, written by, like I said, Katja Klendel and drawn as well. Um, it's um, it kind of goes over the kind of the gender stereotypes and uh, and kind of like the you know what things that we that a lot of people consider you know, just standard and, and ask why essentially like, uh, you know, like why are women, uh, girls toys stuck in the 1950s and, and why are people afraid or ashamed of uh, female body hair and, and, and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it sounds pretty interesting. It definitely is a cool perspective to, to read and, and, um, and it definitely, it, and the art style looks pretty good as well. That sounds excellent. Actually, it sounds really cool. Sounds like someone took, I don't know, a much better direction than uh, man eaters. Yeah, but significantly better. I I was reading the um, the the little blurb that Boom had put out, and one of my favorite parts of it is it literally says, "Why do we fear the word vulva so much?" Which I yeah. definitely like that. <laughs> Bro, you should you should have loved that, but but yeah, no, like that's that sounds like I like uh, Archaea is really cool. Like Boom bought them. It was a while back, but it, they always like have this you know higher this like really good really good packaging, artistic style, and then they have that random connection to the Jim Henson stuff. So it's cool. It's cool seeing them kind of spread their wings and and it's nice. I mean, I, I I could definitely see you know someone you know in the audience of Giant Days and Lumberjanes kind of pivoting to that. So it's yes. cool. Very cool. Yay, boom. Cool. So I actually, yeah, I had a couple. Um, speaking of awesome women, I'm just going to say, uh, so I'm a big fan of the musical artist Mitski. Um, she's a, she plays guitar. She sings. She's awesome. She did, I'm trying to think, her, probably her big hit is Francis Forever. Um, she's awesome. I saw her open for Lord in Nashville a few years ago. And then I also saw her play a small acoustic show at a, a dive bar in Louisville, Kentucky called Zanzibar. And she's just really talented, really, um, really good at playing guitar, a uh, really unique voice, a really just poignant, like confessional lyrics. She's like a fucking star, but um, she's also branching off into comics. Um, she isn't per se making comics, but she is uh, making the soundtrack for a series called um, This Is Where We Fall by um, the creative team is Chris Nikowich and Vincent Kings. And I think Miskowicz um, did, worked on a Grateful Dead comic with Noah Van Skyver. And they're from uh, Z2 Comics. And Z2 is pretty much, um, Z2 pretty much just makes um, comics about, uh, about or associated with musical artists. Like they did a Gorillaz one, they did a Sturgill Simpson one, they did the Grateful Dead one. Uh, but it's not just trying to capitalize off the, artist, uh, off the, uh, the musical artists. They like actually have really good production values and get really good creators. So yeah, I'm really interested to see her, um, yeah, what she brings, like with the soundtrack and it looks kind of like a sci-fi Western kind of thing. Um, so, which is kind of funny because her last album was called Be a Cowboy. So kind of came out a couple of years ago. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And it's kind of, it's kind of cool because you get the comic and you can also get like a vinyl record or a cassette because apparently cassettes are a thing again. Cassettes are a thing again. Wow. Yeah, my cousin, my cousin has a band and he did all cassettes. That's pretty cool. Definitely. So 
I have a cassette. I don't have a cassette player. I had to give it to my brother because he has a cassette player. So. Nice. But yeah. <laughs> the thing again. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought I was part of that dying culture when, you know, like in the punk scene, even in the early 2000s, you had the mixtape that you would just throw out to people. So that's pretty cool that it's back. Mixtapes are back. I just, I just awesome. don't, I just, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't, I mean, I like, you know, the cassette was the first, I had a, you know, a fucking Toy Story cassette player. Like the, the, the one with the, the mic. I remember having that when I was a kid. But I just, just, I don't know. Like the, the sound quality isn't as good as vinyl. I could see, it's I could definitely see vinyl came yeah. back. It's just, I, I mean, it's, it's the quirkiness of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's kitschy and cool now. So. It's kitschy and cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not for sound quality, definitely. No. It's And for the kind of music my cousin plays, it's not necessarily about fantastic, gorgeous sound quality. It's he's, it's, you know, it's supposed to sound scratchy and kind of awful. See, that's <laughs> nice. That definitely makes sense. But like for Mitski, like, meh. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's, 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 it's for the aesthetic. Yeah, definitely. It's cool. Or, or if it's for hey, if you're if you're too broke to get the comic with the with the vinyl record, get it with the tape. Also that. Which, exactly. I don't know. Are tapes cheap now? I know they're probably they're probably very premium, and they're probably even more expensive than than CDs. Mm, CDs well, aren't even a thing anymore. Hey, my, still my, have a my, ton of them under my bed. Yeah. No, in, in my uh, my my work, we have like we it's like a whole we have like a whole CD section. Yeah. Nice. It's like an FYE up in there, man. I know when I was walking at the talk, walking, working at the Talking Book and Braille Company, we had tapes and CDs. Still, we had a, we had a thing. We had to rewind tapes. That was my job when I volunteered there. Was we rewound tapes? Still, I was like, this is so fun rewinding tapes. Yeah, I, I can't even think of the last. I don't. I don't have anything to listen to tapes on. So, yeah, if I get this, I'm definitely gonna get the vinyl. <laughs> you had to. They had. Um, you rented them because nobody oh. has anything to do anything with tape. So if you know you're reading audiobooks on tape and you're deaf, you they gave you the tape things. They didn't expect you to have tape things. Oh, okay. yeah. that's good. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, this is this is nice. You know, get a get a comic, get a get some new Metsky music in 2020. So totally, well, it'll, it'll yeah, it'll bring it'll bring a new audience to it. And I mean, absolutely for sure. New audience to her, new audience to her people for the comic. It's a good crossover, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Not, not many story details. But mm. um, and, I, and I and also just love when my, my, my favorite artists like do scores for things. Like, uh, like Graham Coxon, uh, who's a guitarist mm-hmm. for Blur, has done scores for things like End of the Fucking World. And then and that James Murphy with the LCD sound system has done scores for a few movies. I think some Noah Baumbach movies. And I just love it when they just do a crossover. Oh, definitely. And, um, and it'll be cool. It's, and like doing a score for a comic is, I don't know, it's like awesome. It's, of course, you got Danny Elfman and and uh, the guy from Devo as well. Oh, yeah, Mark Mothersbaugh. But Mark Mothersbaugh. Thank you. Oh, he's so awesome. Oh, man. He killed, it on, he killed it on Lego Movie and Thor Ragnarok and Wes Anderson. <laughs> he's just, he's really good. Oh my gosh. Cool. All right. We like, wow, sidetracked from comics. <laughs> but we're going to go back to comics. So um, last week we got a surprise, um, surprise announcement. Uh, Panel Syndicate is this company. They basically, it's a website. It's, it was created by Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin. 
and basically it just drops comics on this website and you pay whatever you want zero dollars to like a million dollars i don't probably not up to a million they probably don't go that far but pay, pay what you want for some great comics and a few books on there are marcos morning and brian k vaughn the lead off book but now, now they're getting more creators and on the fun uh, yeah. There's a series called Friday from Ed Brubaker and Marcos Martin. Now, and then the one that was just announced that the one that I'm like, the news is about is The One You Feed. And it's by uh, Donnie Cates is uh, writing it. Uh, Dylan Burnett's drawing it. Colors by Dean White. Letters by John J. Hill. And it is a fantasy horror comic. I'm just going to read the description real quick. One day long ago, and for no reason whatsoever, the moon rose in the night sky. And every human being on the planet began to violently change into the demons that live inside of their souls. Some of these monsters were good, most were not. Now after hundreds of years of these nightly horrors, a young prince, armed only with a mysterious sword named Atom, must journey into the night to face the monsters under the stars and meet the wolf that lives in his own heart. So, and they just, no one, I mean, I think Cates did like a little bit of like, hey, I got a, got a thing coming out tomorrow but no, no one, no rollout. They just dropped it. You can buy it right now. You can, you know, buy it for a dollar, buy it for 50 cents, buy it for three ninety nine, awesome. um, straight from the website. And it goes straight to the creators. It's pretty awesome. It is very much so. Yeah. It's a great format, like to, to release books and to get some quality stuff. And I've always liked shadow dropping. That's it's, it's always fun. It's like, Oh, by the way, this is available now. It's like, cool, don't have to wait for it. Very much yeah. so. It's very enjoyable. I hate waiting for things. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I usually don't even watch like movie trailers and stuff because I just don't even want to know until the movie's out, you know? I can't help myself, and then I uh, hate waiting for things. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this is cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, and Donny Cates already has a pretty big, you know, built-in audience from his Marvel stuff and... Mm-hmm. And then like, I mean, look at like the, the, num- the order numbers for crossover number one. Um, he just, he just makes really fun popcorn comics. He's like pretty much like, he's kind of what like Mark Miller wishes he was. Um, <laughs> he like, he does these like fun action blockbuster yeah. stuff, like lots of nineties references, but he doesn't have all the weird, like wannabe edgy, like just Less immaturity. Gross. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's like he's like immature in like a like a fun like teenage brother way instead of a like like an asshole Gross like way. MRA like, way, creepy uncle way. Yeah, he he does like he is like he's like yeah man, like the ultimate universe, like that kind of stuff. So yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, and then I feel like yeah, unlike his his indie stuff, like definitely has he like loves a fantasy genre. Like God Country was a really good fantasy story, mm-hmm. so it kind of seems like he's kind of going back to those a little bit. And uh, and uh, this this one, so I'm excited. I I bought it, but I haven't read it yet. So excited to check this one out. It looks really good. Yeah, and and shout you know shout out shout out to Brian K. Vaughn and Marcus Martin for you know just creating this. And it's funny. This is like they basically were throwing shade on Kickstarter. Um, on people the using Kickstarter that way, yeah. That we talked about the other day. <laughs> yeah, they, they basically, yeah, like he did Instagram posts and he's pretty much like, yeah, we could have done a Kickstarter launch for this and made a shit ton of money. But no, we're, we're comics are a medium for, he does that, the, the Alan Moore quote, like comics are a medium for people with not a lot of money, which is something that like <laughs> mainstream comics have really gotten away from. <laughs> um, 
but he's like, uh, yeah, he's like, you know, pay what you can and pay it forward. Like kind of, it's, it's cool. Like these are big guys, I mean, these are big creators, but they're kind of taking it back to the roots. So. Yeah. Com- comics has the highest admission rate uh, for entertainment than any other medium right now, you know, like $4 for, for a part of a story, you know, a month. It's, well, it's, it's a lot. Well, let's just say, let's, let's, you know, let's say floppy comics. Cause I mean, you got things like yeah. web comics are oh, free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. um, and there's there's stuff like Comixology original. There's stuff like Graphite. And there's yeah. there's stuff like going to your local library. That's free. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I mean just the the general business like Diamond and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Comics. I mean, if you want to keep up with single issues, it's yeah. But pretty much yeah. But not with uh, Panel Syndicate. Pay what you want. Great. It's a cool cool business model. All right. So we're gonna move on to quick hits. So. Uh, uh, Brian, what's your quick hit this week? All right, um, I I kind of wanted to continue with the uh, the horror theme from from October. I know this is coming out in November, and we're recording in November, but just wanted to do one more week of horror. And uh, I chose um, the recently released uh, Blue and Green uh, graphic novel by Ram V and Anand R K from Image Comics. Uh, it is a book set in um, I believe in Louisiana. Um, but it's a it's a it's a book about jazz and about a jazz um, artist. Excuse me, sorry. It takes place in New York City, very far away from Louisiana, and um, and uh, it's a story. Um, of the main character basically goes back home um, because his his mother, who he had a very tumultuous relationship with, um, had passed away, and uh, when he and then he when he goes into the um, into the house and kind of explores it he sees um ghosts of the past and literal ghosts and demons um it's it was a lot less less supernatural a lot less horror than i expected it to be um but still it was a very good story it's, it's kind of a, a an interesting critique on on um creativity and uh, how the the outside world definitely affects your creativity either positively or negatively uh depending on what the uh what the influences are and um and it kind of you know uses a basically a demon to uh to have that influence uh be explained uh in this story um i read somewhere before i read this that um essentially it was the first like improvised comic not sure exactly how that happened, but um, it 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 does seem like there's some parts where the 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 art the art was done first, and then then uh, Ramvi had come in and 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 wrote the story around the art, and then vice versa. It there seems Marvel to be, method. Yeah, it seems it seems to be like Marvel method, and it seems to be like the the traditional method at the same time. So I could see kind of maybe one of the one of the creators takes the helm for a little bit and then the other creator kind of builds off of it and and then they take they switch roles i mean so. yeah i i read that i read that interview that you're probably talking about and, and they they said it was they were basically trying to capture like the feeling of jazz on with using comics um so they kind of yeah just you know they started with a theme and then riffed off it and paul you know followed that rabbit hole and yeah so <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the art is really it wasn't good. you know it wasn't it wasn't stan lee giving two paragraphs to jack Kirby. No. it was yeah. actual <laughs> collaborate which you know marvel like i mean i think um, you know 
creators have done, you know, Marvel method in the future. Like you'll see things like you'll see credits that say like words or storytellers, like, and you can tell like, okay, yeah. like this is, this is, this is the one where, where Jonathan Hickman uh, had like two paragraphs of plot and then <laughs> let the artist do the rest. And, 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 he, and, admit, and admits it on Twitter too. So it's not right. like, so yeah, it's, well, it's cool. It, um, it was, um, Kieran Gillen, who recently said, or maybe a year ago, had said that uh, the artist's job is to make the writer look good. <laughs> yeah, so that's definitely like something Kieran Gillen would. Yeah. Say. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's definitely one on my list to read, and just just the, the way it's composed, and um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was it, it's definitely a good read. Um, I mean. I didn't enjoy it as much as, as our subject last week um, of these Savage Shores, but that's not saying much because I think these Savage Shores is probably one of my favorite one of my favorite books of all times. So, yeah, but it's still definitely no, a good no, book. no. It's like you're right. I mean, it's like so good. It's like the best vault comic by far. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Darcy, what was your quick favorite for this week? Uh, I also kind of wanted to make a complete three-week run, so I did a final Shuzo Oshimi book. Uh, not full horror, same thing. This is kind of like psychological suspense, uh, and it is Inside Mirai. It is a body swap book. Uh, so you have this college student, Isao Kamori, who is, he's not actually a college student. He kind of pretends to be a college student. He's kind of dropped out. He stays at home. He plays video games, mostly naked, like a lot of the time. <laughs> I'm totally here for, because, you know, we're all in quarantine. Who wears clothes all the time? Nobody. Screw clothes. Mm. So he stays home. He plays video games. He masturbates, whatever. What's life? Um, but at nighttime, at about nine o'clock at night, he always goes down to the convenience store because there's this girl there. Oh my gosh, she's so gorgeous. She's so perfect. And he has this like idealized version of her. He doesn't know her. He knows nothing about her, but he believes she's perfect. <laughs> so he follows her home every night at nine o'clock. And then one night, so creepy, she stops and turns around and looks at him. And then the next morning he wakes up in her body. And the story is, okay, he wakes up in her body. So, of course, at some point he goes to see himself because he expects Mariah, this girl, is in his body. But she's not. A different version of him is still in his body and it's he's trying to live her life because he's got this creepy respect or idealization of her so he's trying to be the perfect version of her and finding out she's not actually a perfect version a perfect person of course he's like going to the bathroom while looking up at the ceiling and taking baths covering his eyes with a blindfold until he has her first period and then he freaks the fa freaks out because he thinks he's dying <laughs> and then it's pretty much all over he's like okay this is a body i'm living in now this is awful everything sucks and he starts kind of existing in her body for real he makes a friend <laughs> with another girl who's kind of obsessed with her 
almost in the same way, only she's like one of her classmates, but not a friend, just like super obsessed with her because she's popular and gorgeous and perfect. So it's like all these creepy people who are obsessed with this girl, one of them now living inside of her body. And who owns the body now? Where is her original self if she's not in his old body? It's really creepy and it's about personality and body ownership. It's oh, kind man. of terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. There are things that happen in it that are, it's an earlier one of his manga so there are things in it that are definitely like precursors to what you see in blood in the tracks so it's really creepy but not as creepy as some of his newer work but it's still really creepy and i love it it sounds like a mix between creepy and like kind of a cool message as well you know like the about perfection and the perception of it it sounds really good yeah, there is a lot of really cool stuff in it. There. Yeah, definitely. It's creepy. Again, there's a lot of creepy shit in here about sexuality. <laughs> and there's a college student, age student, in a high school kid's body. It's, oh, wow. There's some creepy shit going on here. <laughs> but it, there's some cool shit going on, too. Yeah. It sounds like a really good, like, deconstruction of Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope, for sure. Yeah, there's definitely some like of that, with, too. With, yeah. Like with body horror. Like, I feel like, a, mm-hmm. like, like in, like, especially, you know, like, American movies... They'll, they'll go like the they'll go the comedic way which is i mean it's fun but i feel like this one is just going full like body horror mm-hmm. there's some have you ever seen jennifer's body yeah i was gonna say like jennifer's body is like it, i'm, I'm definitely yeah, getting jennifer's body vibes from it yeah it's nothing like you know it's not the same plot not the whatever but it gives me the same sort of vibe as jennifer's yeah body, yeah similar definitely. similar themes um okay. yeah mm-hmm. yeah jennifer's body is amazing it was like mm-hmm. way underappreciated in 2009 definitely they didn't do a good job advertising it. They, no, they did not. They advertised it wrong. They totally did. Yeah, but I feel like, I feel like it's definitely people in twenty twenty like get it more. Yes, mm-hmm. so. it's definitely a cult hit now. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's yeah, it's one of those that like <laughs> the tomato meter lied or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I bet I bet a lot of I bet it's kind of like when Blade Runner came out, came like Blade Runner became like this cult hit and like like critics like like Ebert and like Leonard Malton like went back and like gave like the reviews extra stars because <laughs> they didn't want to look like um out of touch but whatever. yeah 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 oh man speaking this is a speaking of grossness um and just <laughs> um my so my quick hit this week is heavy number two it's mm-hmm. uh, the second uh I think we talked about heavy number one like a while back for looking forward mm-hmm. yeah uh, it's a it's a series it's a vault series from uh, Max Bemis, is the writer, the lead singer of Say Anything. He's um, done a lot of comics too, um, indie and Marvel. And the art is by Eric Donovan. Super cool. He he's done a bunch of um, he did art on on uh, the post apocalyptic trilogy with James Tinian, like Memetic, Cognetic. I forget the other one. So kind of veteran creators, and but then they're in like heavy. They're just like completely cut loose. So it's like so on the surface, it's like a mismatched body buddy cop kind of thing. Um, it's just, it's about this guy, Slim, and his, I forget the other, Bill, yeah, he's like the most generic name, his name is Bill, um, and Slim, and in the past, Slim put out a hit on Bill and his girlfriend, and that's why he's in this, like, purgatory area called a Big Weight, but then Slim is also there, too, and they have to kind of work together to get out of there and get, you know, find some kind of peace in the afterlife, so, like, you're just like, oh, it's just like a mismatched buddy cop thing, 
but it gets crazy. So Slim is like pansexual. Um, he's a, he's a terrible person, and he and he the thing and he like Bill is like your typical trying to be ethical, follow the Geneva Convention because they're assassins for this like purgatory area. But like Slim is just like bodies everywhere. Like like the first scene of the comic, they're at this dude's house and like it's some kid like he was being abused and like you think like oh they're just gonna you know beat the shit out of the dad with a baseball bat and like. Like never, never touch a hand. But then, but no. But then you go to the second page, and it's like this crazy ass splash page from Donovan of like the guy like oozing blood. And then, and then this, I've never seen so many dicks in one comic. There's all kinds <laughs> of just like. Um, and then, the, and then the, the big, then the big climax mission, they end up go fighting like cum monsters. They're on this planet Ooh. that is pretty much like if the sexual revolution like led to a utopia on Earth. So, but, but there's one like germ that has like an STD and they have to find a, they have to like get it out. And it's, and it's just, and Donovan just illustrates it. and just like pure, just no metaphors here, all literal baby. And it's just like, it's just so over the top. And it's just, um, issue two is just like, issue one, I felt like spent a lot of, issue one was good, but it spent a lot of time, you know, kind of introducing the protagonist, a lot of soul searching, like setting up the world. But issue two was just like, pretty much breaks all the rules and 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 like slim i like slim like everything about this guy you're just like you hate him so much but you also like he's just just pure id as a character he's just so fun and just <laughs> um but yeah heavy it's it's a really good time it's it's very not safe for work <laughs> it's an amazing comic man i'm just like laughing out loud at this shit and i'm just like 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 you know kudos to the guys at vault for letting them you know, just letting, you know, Max Bennis and Eric Donovan, who are the creators who have really dug their work in both the comics and music field, just kind of let their imaginations run wild and not, you know, put them on a leash. So, yeah, it's cool. Like, like, if you think Punisher comics are way too serious and annoying, like, this one will just, like, detox you. Um, That's awesome. It sounds like like a a lot of fun. I like the big white for purgatory. That's a great name for purgatory. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like purgatory. It's kind of like purgatory, but it's kind of not like purgatory. But kind of, I don't know. It's like it's cool. Like yeah, and also they like go into like theology and stuff too. Like it's it it just works on so many different levels. It's like bunches of great like you know gross out jokes, but also like theology, also like mental health. Good at like it's like it's a lot of fun. Like like. Very, I mean, very kind of like it's not like you know the premise is different from Preacher, but like the tone is kind of similar to Preacher, but but it's also a lot less, um, um, also a lot less like you know a straight guy didn't write this kind of deal because because uh, Max Bemis is by, and um, so it's it's a lot yeah you know, so it's not kind of, like, as you know as as macho as Preacher, so mm-hmm. it's it's cool yeah but so. Which, you know, makes sense. It came out in 2020. Preacher came out in 1995. You know, the world changed. The world has indeed changed just a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm really, yeah, it's just, it's it's a lot of fun. It's just, it's like pure entertainment and all, you can also, you know, reflect on it a little bit and it's, it's, it's good stuff. I like it a lot. I enjoyed the first issue. This sounds like it's taking a left turn. That is amazing. So I'm excited to get it. I'm excited to get it as a, as a trade when it comes out because I can only imagine what's going to happen after that. Oh, for sure. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I like, yeah, because like issue two, yeah, like you said, issue one was like, I'm, this is pretty cool. I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. This is cool. But issue two, I'm just like, this is like the craziest shit ever. Like, when, like, why, 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 am, why is issue three not in the, the inbox right now? That's but, awesome. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> speaking of kind of, not really, kind of over the top craziness, um, mm. our, yeah, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, not okay, too this, over the top. It oh, actually happens. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No, but that's the thing. It's like not like, come monsters. <laughs> Our main topic today is come monsters. <laughs> oh man, we're 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 we're, 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 we're earning that uh, explicit tag on on Spotify. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, our our main course this week is uh, Maids by Katie Skelly from Fanographics. We are giving, you know, it's our first Fanographics book. Fanographics is kind of, I like to call them like the sub pop records of, of comics. Like, and when they're in Seattle too, so it makes sense. Um, they, you know, they've been making indie awesome. comics, 70s, 80s, Love and Rockets, Ghost World, um, Hip Hop Family Tree. I don't know, uh, my, my uh, The Monsters book by Neil Ferris. But yeah, they, uh, they are kind of you know the the indie um you know gold standard and they also do publish a comics journal which that might be a conflict of interest but that's not the subject of the podcast but yeah we were covering uh we're talking about maids by katie skelly it was my pick um you know maids it's a it's true crime it's set in 1931 france it's about two sisters uh, christine and leah they are working for a very rich um, French lady who mistreats them, makes them work like 14 hour days, not many breaks, scolds them, abuses them. Um, and speaking of abuse, they also come from a real, they had a really rough childhood that um, Skelly shows you in some really just like, I guess, traumatizing flashbacks. And yeah, and then they end up, this, this is a historical event that actually happened. Um, they end up, and this isn't a spoiler, this literally happens on page one. They end up uh, killing, yeah, the families. Um, actually, the first page of this comic is a severed eyeball. It's like kind of amazing. Like you can open the book up or you know, whatever, digitally ma- manipulate it, and it's an eyeball. <laughs> and oh, Darcy, are you on mute? So, yeah, and it's it's really cool and it's like really cinematic too because the eyeball will like dissolve into like the doorknob and you get into the house. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, so, uh, Brian, what did you think of uh, of Maids? What's kind of your overall like opinion of it? It was it was actually pretty good. I, 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 it was very interesting. Um, There's a lot of of cool, you know, visualizations of of like things that at first you might even think is imagination, but then it turns out to to be real. Um, I am ashamed to say that I actually had never heard of this story before. Um, and I didn't know this was based on a true story. Um, I think you might have mentioned it in a previous episode, but when I when I picked it up, I wasn't I I had no idea. And I thought um, so. Like none of this, I, I had no idea what was going to happen. And and though there is kind of a spoiler in the beginning, it's it's not. It doesn't fully. It's more of an illusion than it is a spoiler. So it's like. Um, you know, it, it does a really good job with um, with the pacing and and just like the method of storytelling, where 
there's a lot of flashbacks and there's a lot of modern times and it doesn't really ever tell you whether or not you're in modern or or in the past and and uh and then it kind of just results in the uh the the, the aforementioned murder at the end it's pretty interesting pretty good the coloring is great and um the the art style at first seems kind of you know like simple but it really isn't at the same time it it definitely the facial expressions are pretty amazing yeah yeah it's 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 like it's like simple you know and that there's not a lot of bullshit cross hatching and you know lots of you know like that fake digital shit color that's just like very you know good flat colors but but yeah it's just it's just like skelly is so good at just conveying like conveying a meeting and you know just one one quick image maybe a little bit of dialogue to spice things up but there's lots of <laughs> probably darcy like this stuff there's there's lots of like uh like silent sequences um silent grids so it's good stuff uh darcy what was your kind of overall opinion of maids um i liked it overall like you said silent sequences i like that i'm pretty good with let's do action and just show the action awesome no problem with that nonsense um I loved the coloring, that contrast between yellow and reds. Awesome. Make it high contrast. You can see it really easily. Hey, I can see what's happening in a comic. Awesome. You don't need a lot of bullshit, like you were saying, with the cross-hatching and weird shading that makes things hard to see. Visually, I loved it a lot. The story, I didn't know anything behind the story, so I was going in reading it as a story. I knew it was you know, I read the summary thing, so I knew it was a, a true story. I knew it was true crime, uh, but I didn't know what the true crime was. Uh, I knew they were going to kill somebody. I figured it was the rich people because that's what you do. You kill rich people, mm -hmm. um, and the rich people were assholes, so I figured that's what was going to happen, but I didn't know the whole thing, so I just kind of went into it as a story. Uh, so the things I liked about the story were there was a white cat, which I am always fond of. I go in, there's a white cat. I'm like, hey, this story is excellent. Um, I thought the characters were set up pretty well. It, you could tell there was a good relationship between the sisters. It was hard for me at first to tell that they were sisters, uh, being that they were nuns and nuns and sisters and family and whatever. I had some issue with that and the way that was whole, all set up. Uh, that I kind of wish was a little bit more clearly stated. It wasn't until about halfway through that I got that they were sisters and not like secret girlfriends or best friends or whatever because I kind of just gla glanced. It was like blah, 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 last name and Leah. And it took me a second because I was just reading it as a story and I didn't have the full history. Um, and I did have some issues with the pacing because it was so long in the first half in the setup, the murdering was kind of really super short and fast. And there was no kind of payoff in the end of the afterwards. I either kind of wanted it to be a little bit shorter in the front half so the payoff didn't seem so fast and over and done with or the murdering to be a little bit longer. I don't know. I had it felt clunky at some point. There was something with the pacing that felt awkward for me in pieces apart. It felt right, but reading it together, there was something with the pacing that just felt a little bit awkward. 
I liked it so much overall. I really liked the art. I really liked the characters. I love the story because I love true crime. I love a murder. I love people killing rich people. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, but there was just something with the pacing that just kind of felt off at the end. The murder was too short, darn it. I wanted more. I wanted something after. I, I think the buildup was just too long to the set of the, of the murder. I think that was it for me. But overall, loved it. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not, like, that's one thing, like, I feel like a lot, a lot of true crime is just, you know. Let's tell. It's, it's just, like, done in this kind of documentary-ish way. And I yeah. like this, that, that, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's about, you know, it's a showcase for, for Skelly as a cartoonist just as, as much as, as, you know, telling his story. And apparently, yeah, yeah, like, so this, you know, this story, it's like, I did a little bit of background research and it's, it's a lot, it's, it's big in France. Like a lot of like mm -hmm. French philosophers like Lacan and Sartre um, used it as kind of an example of like class warfare and stuff. Um, and also like, yeah, there's also been a lot of movies and uh, documentaries what? and plays about it in France. Um, I, I, I did just a tiny bit. One of them gets out and like works in hotel. She's a maid after she gets out of prison. Yeah, like because because yeah. the thing is like she and Put they kind of in the story. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and and that's also unclear. Like they don't they think that maybe she lived in 1982, maybe she lived in 2001. Mm -hmm. And the reason why she got off was because she and I think the story does a good sh job of showing this. That mm. is was because she they thought that she was being manipulated, maybe even sexually manipulated. Yeah. by the older sister leah was yeah so, and i think that and i think the skelly does a really good job of showing how uncertain she is of herself and how like traumatized mm. she is like there's some very great, much so like she she does she does like the classic um squiggles to show like how she's trembling when she's serving the tea yeah. she's mm -hmm. just like freaking out non-stop and i don't blame her i mean like it's crazy and, and she the just, emotional issues that turn into physical issues the vomiting and the fear of blood and stuff like that yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah that scene with the yeah the scene where where she's with like um, the daughter with a Genevieve is just like um, and then and then like Genevieve treats her like she's not even a person like reacting mm -hmm. to the event she's just like you know part of the scenery and yeah and apparently also this um, apparently also this story had a big influence on the Best Picture award winning film mm -hmm. Parasite which I actually I got a lot of similar vibes yeah with Parasite. Like, I can see that, yeah. Um, Definitely. Like, especially even even the way it was paced, like lots of, you know, lots of buildup um, to like very just like short, but powerful, just memorable mm -hmm. scene of murder in the end. Like, mm -hmm. it just, just like, and just like escalation. <laughs> like, because that's, that's what I like, that's what I like about, I mean, I liked about Maids is that a lot of it, it just, except, you know, except for the crazy graphic flashbacks and, you know, like the period sequence and some, some stuff, like some of the abuse and then the, cat and mouse like it's just like very mundane and it's just like and then you kind of get into a groove like oh yeah they just work all day it's just a thing it's like you get used to it but then at the end you, you get like the big the eyes and the claws and then like the big just payoff at the end and you're like yeah no this this isn't good they shouldn't have been working this long and treated this way and uh I what I thought was interesting, and it wasn't something until I I read kind of the backstory on it that I realized, is the way Leia is is portrayed, is is very interesting because you know the the, the way the backstory like the 
the true true to life story is how she was being manipulated and and she was kind of like submissive to this entire situation which ended up was what what basically got made her get become free later but in the story she's she's the you know most of the of, of the story is framed around her and which and her and her perspective and she, yeah she's she is very meek and she is very quiet but she's very vindictive and that and and her and very much you know like holds a grudge you know like when she kills the bird um of, of the of the head of the of the of the convent you know when 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 they kick christine out and and then putting the maggot in the in the cake you know later in the story it's so good yeah so it's, that's that's class warfare in one image baby mm-hmm. and so <laughs> it, it goes kind of from like a oh it's it's like a mix of between passive aggressiveness and and pure aggressiveness you know because she only does it when there's no one around but it's definitely some very very vindictive things that she does yeah but finally and it just by- gets too much and she you know, she breaks and yeah I really like the I really like the chapter. Um, I think it was another one of the ones that was mostly silent that showed like a typical day for them, and and it's just like so disheartening. Like they don't even have a break to eat until the end of the day. Like their their most pleasurable moment is in like smoking cigarettes for like two minutes. Or I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't know how long it takes to smoke. A cigarette. They only smoke so they can get the break. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. That, yeah, that's a thing. I know tons of people mm-hmm. when I was younger that started smoking because you got a smoke break. Yeah. Yeah. You get more breaks if you smoke at like every job. Like I've had office jobs where people got more, more breaks cause they smoked. <laughs> like, yeah. So. Yeah. And I really liked the, 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 uh, the, the outfits they made them wear just like fucked with me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like mm. very very typical maids outfits yeah. without stockings. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was so like yeah, dude. Like the the writing for um, I love like like how like out of touch and like isolated Skelly made the the family they're working for. Like they they just they just have no empathy, no awareness at all. They're just like going off about the dumbest stuff, like like the like 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 not having enough you know dowry and just like just very like not even just like first world problems but like you know like one of one percent problems kind of stuff mm-hmm. and it and it very you know and even though story was set in the 30s um i'm just like i just i couldn't help but just feel like it was written in like right before the like beginning and like french revolution vibes no i i had to keep on reminding myself it was in the 20th century like it, it definitely had a feeling it was something a lot more ancient and you know, a lot more old than uh, than than what where it really takes place. Yeah, it's just just that just that aristocratic attitude. I'm just like, mm-hmm. like like man, these these people. I mean, you don't know much about the background of the family, but a part of me is like, man, I kind of wish their ancestors had been had gotten a guillotine. You know, about a couple century or so ago. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's two. Um, choices uh that the skelly made that uh in the storytelling that i thought was really interesting um first is did you notice that there is no male characters in in this story 
that the they mentioned they mentioned the the, the, the fiance is there oh yes okay so yeah to, you know but but more most part like the the man of the house is never there in the story you know like it's, Her, the father husband yeah yeah i don't the, know if he even exists if they have one they don't even mention him yeah do they mention yeah, him he, yeah, I think I think I think he, he might like I think he shows up like in the background of scenes and he like mm. kind of says stuff like like Bri like uh like I'm off to play bridge and like yeah. Yeah, it's Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't remember him. I just remember the fiance because he kind of does he is he hitting on her when mm -hmm. he picks up that champagne? I couldn't really Yeah, tell. oh, I think I think I think I think it's it's like a power it's it's kind of like it's kind, kind of, of it was definitely it, a power dynamic right well it's like kind of like the scene where it's kind of like the scene where where genevieve like it, it parallels the scene where genevieve kind of treats her like she's part of the furniture but like in yeah. this role he like sees her like like you know as, as she's also as part of the furniture but also like someone he, she can have furniture? like yeah like he can have like affairs with and fuck like <laughs> basically like rape and i mean yeah right like there's lots of like yeah and you, you can just see how like uncomfortable she is and um, oh definitely and it's just like total like and and it's ridiculous and he, he like plays like the whole fake nice thing and it's just like oh my gosh <laughs> i hate this so much um yeah T too bad he doesn't get his whatever no. um and then another thing is is the and we kind of mentioned it a little bit before is the you know, it almost is an incestual relationship. I probably, it actually definitely comes off as one, but it is, yes, it it's heavily alluded to and never really like fully shown, which is nice. You know, you don't need to show it. You know, it's, it's obvious what's going on here. And, but it, but it doesn't seem like a, like a dominant relationship between one, one over the other. It, it's definitely, it seems like this is the, you know, it's, 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 it's a very romantic relationship and I could see uh, Darcy when you were saying it earlier like you didn't know that they were actual sisters because it it definitely they don't come off as sisters <laughs> in this in the story well the thing is like the the whole like I think this story has been interpreted this the, the great thing about this story is like it's it's been interpreted over the years it's been interpreted in a lot of the lenses and that's one thing I like about Skelly is she kind of just kind of she I mean she has like lots of flashbacks to just, to just kind of drive home the the trauma and then the the deep relationship between the sisters but honestly this you, you could you, you, i mean you don't have to see this i mean you could read it in in Szechua's light like for sure um but you could also see it as like they've been through so much like fucked up shit with their they're their the mom. only ones they have and that's yeah. like all they like like yeah it could just be that and and, and they're it's just in a terrible yeah oh go ahead and it's one of those catherine the great things that mm -hmm. people said that sort of shit about them because they were trying to make them as terrible as they could make them right yeah i mean yeah, yeah it's it's just like because yeah you, you seen like that first scene and like they they, they share that like they that full page um because you know when you know when skelly's doing a full page a full page you know shot full page spread like it's 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 like tr like a very important so like you get the full page hugs them sharing the bed them them like kind of in symmetry doing the whole shiny <laughs> this is again i was getting shining vibes for sure mm -hmm. They were sisters, they were nuns, they wore lipstick, they didn't wear stockings. Surely they were sleeping together. That does feel like propaganda more than it does necessarily actually truth. Yeah, I think and yeah, and I think it's it's just the way the story's been construed, like like the audience it's, it's trying to attract to, that you know that it's 
but yeah, that's, but I think this it makes it so interesting. This story is so interesting. You can project a lot of fears and a lot mm -hmm. of like- Very much <laughs> so, is, yeah. And also, yeah, yeah, like the, yeah. I was gonna say, especially for that point in time, that's definitely the sort of thing you would definitely see in the newspapers about that sort of situation. Just make it more scandalous. Yes. For if sure. It was, if it was a few hundred years before, they would have been witches. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, like. Witches. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's like you know, go back to Joan of Arc, like hearing like hearing voices or having any you know having any women having any kind of differences from the norms, like and especially in the social class, if they're not completely submissive to the ruling class, then there must be something wrong with them. And mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I think one thing like I probably liked the most about this book was like just the total utter feeling of isolation that that um, Skelly creates in this book. Like there's nothing, I mean, we get flashbacks, but that's to another another prison, like the convent or their parent, their mom's house. Um, it's just like, they just, they, they can't escape. There's no outside world. They, there's no outside fun, outside stimulus because they're working all the time in this, they're, just in this prison and you get, and the, and, and the, the panels, like, I mean, the pan, the, the, the gutters are like prison bars or like windows and they're stuck behind the windows and the cages. And it's really good. Like the, like it, it's, it's one strength, the comics medium, like to literally be windows. And you only get to see them go out and have fun once. And they kind of keep going back to that memory with that one tube of lipstick. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's nice, but also kind of sad that they only have that one memory of going, sneaking out to have fun. Yeah, it is, yeah, it is really sad. And, but then you also kind of see, like, in the, the lipstick becomes them, like, becomes right. the, um, their names, and then it becomes the blood, like, that they mm -hmm. spill. It's like, it's cool. It's like, it's like weaponized in the end. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, 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 like this is cool. Like, like, I, yeah, one thing I love about this book is that it's just, just the way the straightforward way it's told, like you can kind of project a lot of meanings on it. And um, yeah, so it's, it's cool to get some different perspectives for sure on it. Cool. Um, did you guys have any last thoughts on maids? Brian? Um. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, there's not, not much more that I've already said, you know, it's very, you know, very well drawn, very, very beautiful book. And, and the, the, the interesting, interesting storytelling. Um, and, and I definitely, definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I really it, like how, oh, go ahead. You go. Oh, so I really like how Skelly draws eyes, because that's, I mean, that's just part of our art style in general. But she's just like, and she's using, you know, two, three lines max and that she can show everything from like kind of winking fun to total submission to I want to like murder someone just in like three lines. And I'm just like, <laughs> mm -hmm. I think it's one thing I like about, about her art so much. And I think it's what first drew me like when she was doing that little vampire book. It's just like, mm. like those eyes are just like that, that like, you know, seductive vampire on the cover is just like pouring into my soul. And the same with the, the, the maids on the covers. And you can also kind of, because it's so like, it's just a few lines, you can also kind of project your own consciousness onto them too. Um, so. 
again, I really liked it. Uh, it does a lot of the things really well that I love best about comics, which is it makes good use of art with economical word bubbles, word usage. You don't have to use a ton of language to tell a story when you're writing a comic, and she does that incredibly well. Again, yeah. maybe some slight issues with pacing, but overall that does not harm my overall enjoyment of the comic. Maybe it doesn't takes away from being perfect, but I still really enjoyed it. Deals with something I like, murdering rich people all for <laughs> it. Not I mean, I wouldn't do it personally, but as a concept, as a thing in the world, you know, I'm not crying over it. So mm -hmm. love hey, it. I mean Dude, when you're when you're making holograms of your <laughs> your wife's dead father, and he says things about you that he couldn't have even even said, like that's that's when you're like, okay, maybe yeah. some eye gouging should be happening. Just yeah, a little bit, definitely. Yeah, and th this is definitely one where it's 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 about the build up to the murder, which is which is nice. You know, it's like that's like Reservoir Dogs wasn't about the heist; it's about the build up and the the uh, the. Uh, you know, conclusion of a heist so I, I like that just kind of showing the showing the parts that you know in in, in a lesser creator lesser creator's hands would be kind of boring the boring the boring stuff like making it really interesting and just psychological psychologically fucked up but yeah Kate, katie skelly is really cool um and i'm really glad i listened to it i i kind of became familiar for work as from another podcast called cartoonist cafe where they they interviewed her and actually talked about maids and I'm like, I gotta read this because I, I didn't hear the story either. I'm like, I gotta read up, read this fucked up thing. And came out, lived up to the hype, and I'm gotta talk about. We gotta talk about it on the show. So can't can't wait for our next book, um, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely very nice. All right, and yeah, shout out, you know, shout out to Fanagraphics for uh, publishing, you know, comics with unique art styles and challenging fucked up. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that's what makes indie comics so great is just the ability to do stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, yeah, this is like a, this this historical event has been you know it's been done and not not maybe not so much in the American market, but in the you know in France and it's cool to see a new new spin on it for sure. Uh, but yeah, all right, so we're gonna move on to our looking forward. So uh, Brian, what are you looking forward to this week? Um, I have on my list um, Eniac by Matt Kent and uh, Doug Braithwaite um, from Bad Idea uh, Publishing, which uh, I just recently found out that um, has a very interesting way to send out the send um, or to, to distribute their books, which we'll get to in just a second here. But there's really not much to say about the preview on, on Eniac. I, I, um, literally the 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 blurb that's that was provided by by bad idea essentially talks about how like what ENIAC was and it's it's actually based on the first ever basically first ever computer um that was developed in 1945 um Ooh. for 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 world war 2 and essentially the here actually let me just just 
just say this, read this really quick. It just says, at the height of World War II, the world's most ingenious minds began a race to create a super weapon capable of ending the war with the push of a button. One of those projects gave us the atom bomb and another produced the world's first supercomputer, ENIAC, which is electronic numer numerical inter integrator and computer and an immeasurably complex mathematical model that targeted the axis war machine by calculating missile trajectories and troop de deployments everybody knows that it's like it's real life american history it's, it's basically the description of this book so so it's 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 telling us so it's telling that or is it telling like or is there a twist or anything? It doesn't even mention a twist. It just so that's the question: is that what what is the twist? Because you know it's Matt Kent, so there's got to be maybe. Yeah. yeah, this is not a historical. I mean, it's going to be a historical, but it's not going to be a straight up historical biography. It can't oh, be. Oh man, that's okay. Okay, and I like Doug Braithwaite a lot. He's cool. He did yeah. um some. He's done a lot of Valiant books because uh, some of the, the guys who founded that idea, like Hunter Gorenson and forget Dinesh, I forget his last name. They were with Valiant, um, you know, back when they, you know, re relaunched in you know the early 2010s. But yeah, no, like that sounds really cool. So yeah, the thing that Brian was alluding to is so the thing of bad idea is they're trying to create scarcity with these books. Um, so you can only get them at certain comic book shops. Um, like some states, like don't even like if you live in Kentucky or Iowa or like West Virginia or some other states like you can't montana you can't get this book in your state um and there's also no digital copies either so this is like yeah the book sounds really cool but uh i like me personally i have to drive like i i could drive like an hour to two shops and to get it but i'm like is it really worth it but i don't mm -hmm. i don't know it's kind of I, I, I don't i don't get the business model like i feel like with most things you're trying to sell as many copies as possible to build the largest possible audience or even if you know you're you're not trying to you know reach you know all four quadrants as you know the whatever hollywood people say tv people say like you're trying to at least capture a really passionate audience which is maybe what they're trying to do but i also think it's very like i don't want to say classist but it's very like kind of pre prejudice towards people who live in in big metro areas and the thing is like i mean with the internet with just i don't know like there's i mean <laughs> two of the three hosts of this podcast live in fairly and especially one darcy especially i live in the middle of nowhere <laughs> i'm totally against this i'm an almost completely all digital reader i think right. it's crap right like exactly like that's that's the thing like i mean i i live in a college town technically yeah. but it's still small but and like but then you get something I, like like Rural comics fans are getting hand out to, hung out to dry right here. Yeah, I mean, I live in Southern California, but I, I, I live in a rural town in, in Southern California. And, and there's no, I think the closest, I'd have to drive into LA County to, to get this book. So I put this on my list because it looked interesting. And then I found out just now, or, or right before we recorded about the, this distribution method. But fortunately, I'm going to vacation soon to a town that actually has a comic shop that is going to have this so i'll just pick it up when i go there but do you feel almost like it's they're trying it's almost like they're trying to 
falsely manufacture a coolness to this because you know like it's like the you know like the 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 indie stereotype of or the hipster stereotype is it's only cool if no one else has ever heard of it so it's like oh yeah like this is my favorite comic book company because i can read this but you can't you know like or is it possible that this is like a limited release and they're doing wide release later that could be true too definitely yeah that's that's the thing i mean it could just be one <laughs> huge because they've done weird stuff like press the button and like all kinds of marketing gimmicks and stuff like i don't even know i'm just i'm just like just make good comics like come on like mm-hmm. Come on, guys! Like, yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> and and like and they, they have a really good slate. Like like I've looked at their slate. They have like this this uh, Christmas Santa c- comedic action one shot. Like Zeb Wells is writing it. Um, he's he's really good. He's can, like, can these comic dealers that have them in these limited locations can they sell online? You know, I is question. it is it to benefit these individual comic sailors sailors sellers? I think. Excuse me. I think, I think the thing is about like the scarcity is that they're going to, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Cause like, yeah, they might be able, you might be able to buy them online from like, cause yeah, I know like Midtown comics or it's, right. it's just weird. And, and honestly, like right now in our current conversation, we're like totally playing into their hands. Yeah. That's completely accurate. They, they want us to talk about it and here we are. <laughs> but so, it's, yeah. yeah. I and still won't do it. I'm a digital reader. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then, yeah, there's another one they, they, I forget what the book was called, that had, like, gorgeous, like, David Latham art, and uh, I got, like, some pre, there was their previews online, and I'm just like, this is so cool, that I don't want to drive an hour for this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. And I don't blame you one bit. Like, there's a difference between, you know, driving hours to see a band play, whatever, mm-hmm. and then driving hours to get a comic, like, like, it would have to be, like, an insane thing, it would have to be, like, Hey, we just found a lost Jack Kirby story in his like basement in his like his like tenement or whatever. Like, and I don't know. It's just I just I just don't get I just don't get the philosophy at all at all. They're just no, it doesn't make much sense. Yeah, it increases the aforementioned uh, admission price essentially because now you have to talk about time and money. Right. And it's gas. yeah, yeah. Bad idea is kind of to bring things full circle to back to quick. Uh, back to you know our news bad idea is like the anti-panel syndicate because mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. yeah i mean these they have lots of really good creators i mean on these books yeah. like and good artists too not just you know writers but nope like that's not enough apparently so cool all right let's let's do things on a more positive note darcy what are you looking forward to in this yes <laughs> <laughs> It's not actually very positive, I guess. It's kind of a really depressing book, but uh, Under Earth, uh, it is by Chris Gooch uh, from Top Shelf Digital, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with digital comics. Oh, my God. I shouldn't think I'm so funny. Definitely not. Okay. Under Earth. Uh, it is a graphic novel. Gigantic. It's like 550 pages or some nonsense. Mm. Um, it's about uh, this prison in a garbage dump that ha- uh, these inmates 
and it's kind of two separate storylines that I think are going to converge at some point. And it's one pair of inmates that are like sharing this story, like an actual literal novel. And they're like coming together through the sharing of this novel and these two other inmates that are kind of trying to break out and they have this kind of plan set up and they've got help, but then their help betrays them in some way, but they're still trying to escape, I think. And they're getting revenge on the person who goes against them. And so it's like a vengeance story, but it's also like a, uh, a people coming together in hard times because they're in prison in a, in a garbage dump, basically. Uh, so it's, it's people coming together in a terrible place. And I think that sounds awful, but fitting for our awful times. And I thought it looked very interesting. Uh, Chris Gooch has other books, none of which I've read, but the art looked really kind of compelling. Uh, so I thought I would put it on my list. I don't know that I'll get it next week. It's kind of expensive, but it is on my wish list of something to get. Yeah, apparently it's his most ambitious graphic novel yet. Well, it's 550 pages. I know. I'm like, that's so cool. That's like, I love that. Just, <laughs> this is like, that's awesome. I'm just going to drop a doorstop on y'all. Tell like, your story. Kind of. It's, it's, that's not a small book by any measure. And yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And, and Top Show likes, Top Show will drop those sometimes. Like a, I have one book right then called like Box Office Poison. That's like this dude's like whole life. And it's like, I think almost like a thousand pages. And one, Good. Alex Good Robinson. Drew, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, it looks. It's not. I, I hadn't heard of that, but I'm. I'm interested now for sure. Yeah. So yeah, it looks. Good. It looks cool. That's you know, and like I said, the art and the other books that I checked out looked really interesting. So, as a concept, I'm very interested. So. Yeah, it looks like it's in in great black and white grayscale stuff. Mm -hmm. so that looks really kind of cinematic panels. Mm. Looks, looks exciting. Yeah. Cool. So my, um, yeah, my, what I'm looking forward to this week, I'm, dude, I'm like, I love, I love Ahoy. Like, they're great. They have a new release called Happy Hour. It's from Peter Milligan and Michael Montanat. And I, I haven't read the, the issue yet, but I read a, like a seven page preview about it. And we actually talked about this in, in news like a while ago. So the basic concept is basically, this is a world where you have to be happy all the time. And there's like joy police. Um, and and it's and it's really cool. yeah i know it's like terrible <laughs> and but it but it's cool like actually seeing the pages um one of that's art style remind me a lot of michael gatos it's very kind of like photorealistic but not like overly posed but you can like i don't know it, it works it works it's like it makes you even though like the, when the joy police comes in it gets a little more stylized and crazy and stuff but it feels like like it opens up with the main characters having like a really pretentious you know, Peter Milligan, like Peter Milligan-esque uh, debate at Stanford University. They're talking about different philosophers like Diogenes and uh, Jeremy Bentham. And they're just, they're like, they're, they're like debating the meaning of life. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a typical like Ivy League or Ivy League adjacent bullshit conversation that Milligan does so well in a lot of his, in a lot of his work. He's, he, he you know, one of his favorite things to do in comics is show, is show you how much he's read in his life, so, which no, it's okay. It works a lot. Like he, he, he uh, wrote James Joyce into um, Shade the Changing Man and it was amazing. So, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's cool. And it's just, 
and just the concept is just like, you know, Ahoya is really good at those kind of high concept elevator pitch kind of stories. Uh, but yeah, but like, it's not just that. It's just like, there's, there's a little bit, bit more depth and, and it's great. And, and I think there's one line where they, the characters refer to themselves as like, like, like they want the right to be miserable bastards. And I'm like, ah, that is so good. I love this so much. And I it like just, sad. and it's just, and it's like, just, I think there's a scene where like one of the characters like, is like, you know, totally got his ass kicked and he's like, at the doctor and the doctor has this like cheesy ass politician smile on him and is like talking about like serious medical stuff and i'm just like it's so good and i can't wait to i'm actually reviewing it this week for graphic policy so i'm i'm really excited like like peter milligan is one of those guys he's like i mean he came up with you know uh graham morrison and and neil gaiman and jamie delano and um all those like you know all those big British writers, but I don't think he gets as not, as as much um, love as them. So, but he, but you know, when he's off doing like this kind of stuff, he's like really good. Um, you know, maybe when he's writing X Men, not so much, or like Red Lanterns. But but when he's telling these kind of like you know creator owned stuff, like he's he's pretty pretty good. So yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, Bill Ahoy, Ahoy is such a fun publisher. <laughs> it sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah. There was a game, an independent game that came out, a video game, uh, a couple of year, uh, years ago called We Happy Few, where it's kind of the same idea where it's illegal to be sad, but they use, it's it's more of a drug trip than anything, and this one sounds more like you just have to be happy, <laughs> and it sounds very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, I've read some million stuff, like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of drugs involved, you know? <laughs> I mean, well, that's more of his collaborations with Brendan McCarthy. Yeah, don't, they don't. I don't know if they even speak anymore. Brendan McCarthy, he's a strange guy. Don't don't follow him on social media. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that, that I guess that wraps up this episode. Um, uh, Brian, where can folks find you online? Uh, well, you can find me at uh, Twitter at um, Brygen two eight one four, and um, Instagram at Brygen underscore cb. Um, not much else going on at this time. Just been busy at work and, and stuff and reading a lot. So just normal posts. <laughs> All right, cool. And uh, Darcy, where can folks find you? Uh, I am at books underscore serial on Twitter. I have a website at booksandserial.wordpress.com. As I said last week, we're taking November to look at sister carrie cool. cool. um yeah and you can find me at midnighter uh, bay b-a-e on twitter and then my instagram is pride parker p-r-y-d-e a kitty pride <laughs> um and i actually have lots of shit going on right now um so i have my, my normal stuff of graphic policy um reviews and stuff i'm also doing weekly reviews of the mandalorian which has destroyed my sleep schedule but a lot of fun it's it's a really good tv show i know it's disney but it's a really fucking good tv show i mean like robert rodriguez is going to direct an episode i mean how cool is that um and then i'm also working on a project on my own blog uh, logandeltonwrites.wordpress.com i am going in the month of november i'm going song by song through the discography of my chemical romance and writing an essay on every song uh i think i have like two out right now so yeah and that'll that's on my blog and I also, it's also in the bios of my Instagram and Twitter, if you want to follow it that way. 
or you can actually follow my blog like it's 2010 or something people have actually done that so though that's what i'm working on so november is a very busy month for me mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm having it's it's fun doing some different kinds of writing for sure so right. also real quick uh comics deserve better.wordpress.com website it does have all our socials on there um so if you've missed them now you can get them there as well as if you want to uh recommend a book for us to read um yeah. that is there as well so and um and then our twitter for for uh the um for the for the podcast is comics deserve better or no i'm sorry cdb pod yeah that's why i don't usually do that i'm sorry it's all good <laughs> someone someone had to cut me off during the self-promotion but yeah follow yeah. us on cdb pod follow us on we're on all the podcast things except for stitcher apparently which i'll, I'll get fixed eventually uh, but we're on we're on itunes we're on spotify we're on google podcast so just yeah, follow us there um leave a review positive negative whatever leave it you know email us um with ideas so yeah and yeah lots of good comics out this week um this is really probably this could end up being a shitty week so let's get some good comics and i don't know get 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 some alcohol get some sweets get whatever you're into so if we don't know what happened talk to you next week about how the world still maybe sucks who knows yeah yeah guys this is crazy but uh, yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Signing off, y'all. Thank you, everyone.